Welcome to the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast, powered by StatRoute.com. And now, here's your host, Ryan Skullroot. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Skullroot. I am your host. And today we have a, a special guest with us. Um, we have one of our brand new writers. If, as, if you guys have been actually getting onto the website and seeing all of the massive amounts of articles and draft profiles that we have been putting up, getting ready for the NFL draft, you will have seen this guy's name come up a bunch over the last week or so. Uh, welcome to the show, Mr. Daniel Glasser. Daniel, say hello to the team. Hi. It's good to be on. <laughs> All right. Uh, so yeah, Daniel's uh, joined us as he is one of uh, one of the our, our many many writers, and he was uh, able to join us for the show today. Um, we are uh, going over a few announcements, uh, getting ready for again getting ready for the NFL draft, um, and then after that we'll get into the news of the last week, and then we will talk a little bit about the draft, getting ready for that, um, getting ready for the live stream. And to start off the announcements, again, we are doing a live stream for the draft on the 25th. We're going to do the first night. We will do the second night on the 26th. The 27th is kind of up in the air because that is an all-day slog. You're not. It's the, the less notable uh, people being, uh, being drafted at that point. So we will kind of see whether or not we actually go through with doing um, a Saturday show. If we do, it may just kind of be a recap. Uh, but we will do some sort of Saturday show, maybe not an actual live stream um, in terms of talking about uh, going through uh, pick by pick on the draft. So, so that's announcement number one. Number two, uh, again, the draft guide uh, that we are uh, about to start uh, putting together is going for pre-sale on May 1st. You will be able to order that um, ahead of time for a discount. And so we want to make sure that you guys hop on there uh, to, to get a chance to get that for a little bit cheaper than, uh, than what we'll be selling it for once draft season starts up on July 1st. And again, the draft guide goes live on the 1st. We will have a PDF version for a one-time download. And then we will also have a live version that will be continually updated throughout the year uh, or throughout the, the, the rest of the season going into the full season that you'll be able to check out uh, new articles that will be added to it Um uh, rankings that will be changed as we go because of injuries, as you know, as we know, the last few years there's always going to be a ton of torn ACLs as we get ready for the beginning of the season, and those are going to affect um, those are going to affect some things in terms of uh, uh, players and where uh, where some people are going to uh, end up being ranked. So, um, if you guys can see on the live stream, we do actually have um, a pr kind of the preliminary cover that uh, we've put together for. Uh, the draft guide and kind of what uh, what all is going to be on there. So um, I believe that is all we have for the announcements. So why don't we go ahead and get started with the headlines? Today's headlines. So let me pull up. Whoops, wrong. Yep, that's the right one. Uh, let me go ahead and pull up the headlines here, and we will be starting off with. Pull it down here. Oh, man, I got everything messed up. There we go. All right. So starting off with the top of the draft, the number one pick, again, uh, the Cardinals, it, it's kind of been speculated that they're going to go with Kyler Murray. 
uh, it says here that there is a solid chance that the Redskins will trade for Josh Rosen. We still don't know for sure because, let's be honest, while everyone just assumes that the Cardinals are going to pick Kyler Murray, a lot of analysts are kind of hedging their bets and aren't sure if they're actually going to take Kyler Murray. So, uh, as of right now, it looks like the Redskins... Um, have you know will possibly trade for Rosen kind of what are your thoughts do you think that Rosen Daniel is a uh, is a, a fit for uh, the Washington Redskins well for me when I look at Rosen he's someone that needed more time to develop he was thrown into a bad situation with the Cardinals and I feel with the Redskins now they have Case Keenum and with Alex Smith with his injury it's kind of up in the air with his career I think that it could be a good fit for him, but a better fit that I actually have is with the Chargers. Learning behind Phillip Rivers for a couple of years, I think that would be a lot better if they do go with Kyler Murray first overall in the draft. Okay. Uh, moving on to our next story. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, that was that was covered last week. Uh, there was a beat writer that a lot of people gave this person flack for this, but it just because... It's kind of, it seems kind of obvious, but there was a beat writer in uh, Cleveland that said that they expect Chubb to start over Hunt once Hunt comes back. And honestly, I almost feel like this is a no-brainer, simply because I know that Hunt is... I mean, Hunt is a pro bowler. The past... Well, I don't know if he was a pro bowler this last year, but the year before, um, led the league in rushing, just, fun, just blew onto the scene, was absolutely phenomenal. He's a great talent, able to catch the ball out of the backfield, run the ball well. However, in Cleveland's system, I think that Chubb showed that he can do the exact same thing. He led the um, was one of the top guys in the league last year in yards after contact. Uh, he was able to catch the ball out of the backfield and had a couple touchdowns that way. I almost feel like it's sort of stating the obvious that Chubb should start over Hunt when Hunt comes back, simply because Hunt still has some things to prove in order to stay on the field at this point. Daniel, what are, what are a couple of your thoughts? Well, I think that that's something that we have to wait till Hunt comes back and see how Chubb's doing. And if Chubb is doing well with the role, I don't see any reason for him to take it away. But if he's struggling and Hunt seems ready to take his place, then that's what has to happen. But right now, this early in the offseason, I don't think that it'd be a definitive answer. Uh, let's see the GM Browns GM John Dorsey who traded uh, a first round pick for Odell Beckham Jr. is considering trading back into the first round. Um, definitely an interesting uh, interesting prospect. If you look at how many um, draft picks they have, I want to say they have eight or nine draft picks this year uh, since they've traded a traded a couple away. Definitely uh, definitely an interesting way to go about it. Um, you know, with the amount of cap space they have and how much talent they already have, getting a couple, you know, getting another first rounder and getting another high draft pick could really just, again, boost that team more than almost necessary <laughs> at this point. Yeah, he has eight draft picks, just confirming. And it seems like he's really trying to go all in in this season. And I know they still have a lot of young talent, but he's just trying to go for the money ball. And if he's trying to move back into the first, then he definitely has someone in mind that he's looking at. So I think as the draft approaches, we should have a little better idea. And even on draft day, if that guy's still around, let's say 
if he's looking at, I'm not sure exactly who the player is, but if the 24th pick comes around and the Oakland Raiders are gearing up to pick and they still have a couple more picks in the first, I could definitely see Mike Mayock's phone ringing. Yeah, that's definitely uh, definitely someone that they could someone that they could uh, possibly be trading with. I've also seen in terms of the Raiders another possibility for them to trade. Uh, someone said that uh, I want to say with the Texans would make a lot of sense for them to trade for the Texans to trade Jadavian Clowney to the uh, to the Oakland Raiders. But didn't they just drop Khalil Mack, who has a big contract, and Jadavian Clowney is going to be getting a big contract? So that was one of those stories that just kind of threw, someone threw out there. It didn't quite make as much sense to me. So all right, moving on to the next next story. Uh, Arizona State wide receiver Nikhil Harry is a busy man. He's been visiting the, let's see, about five days ago he visited the Bills, uh, had a visit with the Eagles, the Patriots, and the Saints all over this last week. I also know that he visited the Seahawks, um, much to the chagrin of some Seahawks fans, not because they don't like Nikhil Harry, but they be, because Seahawks fans seem to think that bringing in a big wide receiver like that would just be a waste of that receiver's talent. Um can it give us some of your thoughts on on Nikhil Harry and what uh, you know what kind of he can provide this year? Well, considering that he's gone to a lot of these teams that seem to be later in the draft or later in the first round, and a team like New England that's probably going to be looking for a big wide receiver after the loss of Gronk, I think he could be a very valuable addition and someone that they could slot in as a Solid receiver on the outside. All right. Uh, speaking of the Patriots, they actually brought in um, tight end Jay Sternberger for a visit. Uh, we uh, we have a profile up on the uh, up on the website about Sternberger, and one uh, one thing that the Patriots could be doing. The Patriots, I believe, have twelve draft picks. Um, last time I checked, they have twelve draft picks, and so they have some room to actually trade up in the draft from thirty-two. Um, Again, you just mentioned Daniel the the loss of Gronk. If I don't think it, I don't think it's necessarily likely. But if T.J. Hawkinson or Noah Fant are available, I could see with Seattle only having four draft picks and a team notorious for trading down in the draft, especially in the first round, trading down to collect more draft picks. I could see the Patriots trading up to, I believe it's 24, 21, somewhere, 24, 21, 21, where the Seahawks are, 21, where the Seahawks are, um, to get, to possibly get to a Noah Fant or a TJ Hawkinson and allow the, the Seahawks to trade back to get a couple more picks. I could definitely see that as a possibility. Very possible. And, you talked about the Seahawks only having four picks and their future is kind of up in the air right now with the loss of a lot of different players and the whole Russell Wilson thing coming to a close. It seems what on Monday is when well, he gave them the deadline. He gave them the deadline Monday, but all that deadline means is that there's a stated yeah. deadline <laughs> at this yeah, point. That's all of that means. Give me the con, give us a contract by then or we're waiting till next season. Like, that's what I've heard from multiple, from a couple. Yeah. Uh, so different sources. So that's yeah. mostly just been. Yeah. Yeah, we'll kind of see how the whole Russell Wilson thing ends up. Um, you know, as a Seahawks fan, as of right now, I'm not too worried about it, yet. Yeah. 
We'll kind of see. Um, because even if he doesn't sign this year, the Seahawks do still have three franchise tags available to use on him if they need to. Um, not necessarily sure that they will. I think they, they can get something done before that, but you know, they, they have that available to them. Um, Aaron Rodgers really wasn't a hundred percent last year. This is, you know, everyone knew this. I don't think everyone understood the extent to how bad Aaron Rodgers was hurt. Um, in terms of his knee, what was they call? I believe they called it a, a plateau fracture. So basically, um, if you, if you have, you know, you have your, your, your knee joint like this, I'm showing this on the video. You have your knee joint like this, the flat part on the, on the, on his, the bones in the bottom of his leg in his, in his, uh, in his shins, the top of those, there was actually a crack, I believe in the top of one of those bones. So that's, that's the kind of injury that he was dealing with. And so basically anytime he put pressure on it, he was injured. And you could see that every time he took a step last year, to be completely honest. So um, I really think that, that this year could be a, um, a, a better year for him. I mean, not that I mean he was terrible last year. He just wasn't able to move around as much as that you know, vintage Aaron Rodgers, his ability to escape the pocket and run around. Um, I think that he's going to be much better at that this season. I think he'll be able to move around a lot better. Um, but yeah, it was, it was painfully obvious that he was not a hundred percent last year and, and shows just the true grit of what he has, um, in terms of being able to, to play through pain. Yeah. His mobility was definitely something that increased his game by a, a ton and being able to get that back. Hopefully he has a good off season and is able to complete heal and if he gets that only work his way back into a QB one slot yep all right sticking with the quarterback position the Patriots are doing their share of QB homework as West Virginia quarterback Will Greer um, visited a few days ago along with Duke's Daniel Jones um, Will Greer also had a visit with the Giants this past week so getting into the quarterback uh, the quarterbacks a little bit farther down than you know Kyler Murray um the Patriots obviously are going to have to find a backup quarterback for, or the quarterback of the future. Um, you know, we're talking about Tom Brady is entering his 20th season, 20th season in the NFL. He's obviously not going to last forever. I think that uh, it was definitely interesting a couple, what was it, a year ago when, um, a little over a year ago when the uh, 49ers were able to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo that everyone thought was the heir apparent to Tom Brady. And now that is no longer the case. He is now the starting quarterback for the 49ers. They need someone other than Brian Hoyer, obviously. They've also traded was it the Patriots also traded away Jacoby Brissett. So again, they're they're trying to find they're gonna need to find that right guy to fill in behind. And I think that Will Greer is a, is an interesting choice. Um not exactly all that mobile. Daniel Jones is a very mobile quarterback, but there are definitely there's a lot of questions about his arm strength. And his uh, and his accuracy downfield, but definitely interesting to see kind of what the Patriots, where the the Patriots could go, considering they've lost Gronk, considering their wide receiver core is not all that much to talk about, to be completely honest. Um, and then they also need to find an heir apparent to Brady. So the Patriots with twelve picks are definitely a team that'll be interesting to watch how they kind of work this draft with so many holes, even though they'll probably still finish 
twelve and four this next year. What do you think? Yeah, for this season, I don't think they have to uh, find that heir apparent just yet. I think Brady still has a couple seasons left in him. They need to fill the hole that Trey Flowers left, and there's definitely a lot of options this season. And again, like you talked about with the wide receiver core, and I mentioned earlier with Nikhil Harry, that they definitely have some bigger holes to fill. But if they get to the fourth fourth round, they see someone they think they can take a shot at that's uh, high risk, low reward, then I think they'll go after it. All right. Uh, sticking with the Patriots for just a second, they have signed veteran tight ends Austin Safarian Jenkins to a one-year deal. And for those of you that think that this is a huge thing for Austin Safarian Jenkins, think again. I watched him here in Seattle. I've seen him play all over the place. He is not the heir apparent to Gronk. This is a temporary stopgap that uh, will maybe be able to be a tight end two for the Patriots, and they are still looking to draft a tight end in this in this draft. And if they can get their hands on either TJ Hawkinson or Noah Fant, they are the person to own, and that's all we're going to say about that. Moving on. Uh, the Patriots had longtime Broncos wide receiver Demarius Thomas and former Jaguars running back TJ Yeldon in for free agent visits. Um, they're continuing to look for more offensive weapons. I think the one that actually matters here is is Demarius Thomas. I think it would be redundant of them to get TJ Yeldon, considering they already have James White. They have, um, let's see, they have... Uh, Sonny Michelle. Yeah, they've got Sonny Michelle, who's, who's more their bruiser back. Um, yeah. And, uh, and so they, they don't need TJ Yeldon. They've got other they've they've got other positions. I mean, they can even throw Cordero Patterson back there as a running back for crying out loud, which they did a couple times last year. Um, Demarius Thomas, I think, is the interesting pick there. He would be more of a, I think, a big bodied, a big bodied slot target, um, than an outside than an outside guy. He's you know he used to have that kind of um, that kind of speed, and I just don't think that Demarius Thomas has that anymore, especially with the leg injuries over the last few years. So it'll be interesting to see if the if the if the Patriots can take Demarius Thomas if they can get him. I'm just not necessarily seeing that as a huge signing for the offense, to be completely honest. Yeah, Demarius Thomas. I we saw last season with the with the Texans and the little bit that he was still with the with the Broncos or other way around really but he just lost a step he didn't look the same and i don't know if he's going to ever be be coming back to that and a viable fantasy player or even a viable player for the patriots in too many in, in a lot of situations all right, uh, moving forward, a uh, couple things. Uh, Devontae Adams is looking forward to playing in the slot this year. I know with their new with their new head coach, they're going to look to move Adams around. He is already an extremely versatile wide receiver who, I mean, has just had a phenomenal breakout the last couple years or last few years. Um, after really struggling his first two years in the in the league, um, really is is come out, and I think that this will only help him out. Um, another story. Uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey not concerned about his snap total. He was used so much last year. Uh, was it set the the league record for receptions by a running back? It's definitely something to keep an eye on in terms of the amount of work that he's getting. But as of right now, I don't see it as I'm with Christian McCaffrey. I don't see it as a huge downside for him. Uh, moving on, the 
Alabama running back Josh Jacobs is spending time, has spent time with the Colts, who have pick number 26, and was at the Eagles on Tuesday. These are two um, running back situations, starting with the Colts. The Colts already have, um, they've got uh, Mac as their, the guy that they've said is going to be um, their workhorse, or that they he can fill the workhorse role. But if you also remember, he struggled a little bit with last year with hamstring injuries. And then uh, on top of that, they've got Naheem Hines, who's, again, he's more that pass-catching back uh, type. Josh Jacobs seems to be kind of in the middle. Um, one one person that I've seen him compared to, not necessarily that he is going to be this, but his skill set somewhat matches with someone like a David Johnson um, that, that some people think could be he could be a that kind of a fit in Tampa Bay. Uh, with Bruce Arians down there, and then you go to the Eagles, who have already traded for Jordan Howard, and they so really he's their he'll be their main bruiser back. But you look at the rest of their running backs, and it's a bunch of pass catching backs: Corey Clement, uh, Wendell Smallwood, Darren Sproles, if he comes back this year. So I think that it's an interesting it's an interesting look that Josh Jacobs is is going to those two teams. I don't necessarily think that he is a great fit for either one of those teams uh in my opinion what about what about you daniel um i haven't seen a lot of tape on josh jacobs but i I could see him going to philly but it would be a very crowded backfield indianapolis just makes no sense to me they have a really good one-two punch there with like you said marlon mack and naheem hines I'm not a big fan of of him in the first round overall but Let's see. I'll just take a quick. The Oakland Raiders are actually a team late late in the first, if you were to be taken in the first, that I think he could be a decent fit for. They don't have great depth of running back. They have who? Doug Martin Doug Martin and Jalen Richard. Or is Richard gone? I don't know. Uh Richard Richard is still there. Um and then they've also got uh I wanna say is it He's still there. Is it is it Chris Warren? Chris Warren Jr. or whatever. Um Warren. I know it's his last name. His dad was a uh, a running back for the for the Seahawks back in the back in the nineties that he is he uh, injured he was injured on IR mostly year last year so um, but he I think he led all preseason in terms of total rush yards and like you said also with Tampa Bay I thought that could also be a pretty nice fit for him and take in probably pretty early in the second round with the thirty ninth pick and Ronald Jones just fell off the map i had heard reports that this season they were going to try and get more involved but he just did not do well and peyton barber just had he got so many carries and just did absolutely nothing with them so if he went there with bruce arians in that offense and with Jameis winston on his last hurrah i think that could also be a pretty nice fit all right um a couple more stories here uh, here we go. Baylor wide receiver Jalen Hurts uh, spent uh, a couple days ago visiting the Patriots and is visiting the Eagles next. Um, I know that you just you just finished up a, a draft profile on Jalen Hurts. What is your thoughts on him in those in uh, for those two teams, the Patriots and the Eagles? Well, I thought that the Patriots would actually be a pretty decent fit. Just because he's a very athletic guy and Bill Belichick would be able to scheme him in all sorts of ways. The Eagles, I could see him going there, but I feel like that's a little bit less of a option or less of a good option for him. I thought that he a really good team fit for him was actually 
especially the Cardinals, especially if they got Kyler Murray, just because Fitzgerald would be a great mentor for her who need a little, who needs some more work. And with her back, it would just be a great, it'd be a great combination. Okay. Definitely. No, definitely interesting. Uh, for those of you who, uh, who are looking forward to a Jalen Hurd draft profile that should be up on the website Sunday. If uh, whenever you, uh, whenever you're listening to this, uh, we're recording this on a Saturday, but uh, it should be up Sunday morning. So to uh, check out Daniel's draft profile on Jalen Hurd, make sure to get onto the website skulkingfootball.com to find uh, Daniel's uh, draft profile of Jalen Hurd. All right. Um, some breaking news from a couple days ago: Jaguar star running back. Leonard Fournette was arrested after a traffic violation. Basically what happened is he didn't pay a speeding ticket and then got his license suspended for it and then got caught driving on a suspended license. So these are things that could have easily been taken care of. Uh, We're still kind of waiting to hear some more from the Jaguars on what their thoughts are on this. Um, Definitely interesting that this has happened after last year. Uh, kind of the falling out and him, you know, him getting into a fight during the during one of the games, uh, having uh, having some less than great things to say about the team, kind of looking like he was given up a, a, a few times. So definitely not the uh, a great story um, for for him. And so uh, with the uh, let's see with the uh, the Jaguars and what they're what they're looking for. Let's see. They signed Carlos Hyde uh, to a one year deal. So, or nope, sorry, wrong one. That was the that was Kansas City. We went too far. There we go. Uh, they've got Alfred Blue that they signed, um, and really it's that's about it in terms of their running back since they they still don't have. Um, oh, who's the guy that we just talked about? Uh, T.J. Yeldon, since he's a, a free agent right now, so they're kind of in running back limbo as well a little bit. So that's definitely with. With Fournette having some issues, it's definitely something to look at uh, there. Um, David Johnson is excited to run more shotgun, and we are all excited for him to run more shotgun as well, uh, especially for those Dynasty players that had him uh, this past year and are holding on to him. We, as as a organization, for the most part, we all believe that David Johnson will have a bounce back year this year, um, even with a quote-unquote down year. Uh, he still finished in PPR as the running back number 10. So that's definitely something to, um, if he's getting excited about this next year, that should excite everyone who has David Johnson in Dynasty and is thinking about drafting him this next year. Uh, moving on, let's a couple more things. Uh, Giants doing their QB homework and actually looking at Kyler Murray. Uh, actually had him in there, uh, in their facilities. The Redskins hosted Kyler Murray as well. The, uh, let's see, one couple more things. Uh, Jameis Winston says of O.J. Howard that the moon is the limit for O.J. Howard, which I'd kind of believe just because he played so well last year uh, before he got hurt. He Before he got hurt, I want to say he was a tight end seven in PPR, so he is definitely a, definitely a guy to look at coming off of his injury. Sean McVay says that Todd Gurley will be the focal point on offense this next year. And the only reason I'm not excited about that is because he, we've seen video footage of of, of Todd Gurley limping during, uh, you know, at was it at a concert coming out of it, getting out of his car, 
Um, we've heard about uh, his knee scopes and the fact that he has uh, some arthritis and stuff in his knee. I am avoiding Todd Gurley at all costs this year. I kind of did that this year um, in the couple drafts where I had an early enough draft pick to take him. I avoided him. Um, I wouldn't say it cost me, but it, it didn't help me. Um, this year, I am telling everyone to stay away from Todd Gurley, just like a lot of people are telling people to stay away from Todd, from Todd Gurley. Um, kind of you know, a couple quick thoughts on Todd Gurley, Daniel. Yeah, my biggest takeaway from all this is Malcolm Brown. And if you draft Todd Gurley, if you don't draft him, you need to scoop him up because if something happens where Gurley's not able to play, Brown is a very solid running back and he will be able to produce. And with Gurley, that arthritis, it just it it steers me clear of him. And like you said, any draft I'm taking, no matter how high of a pick or how good of a value, if I'm not taking him within the top 10 just because of how it like just because of how bad this could be yeah i'd have to agree with you there um last couple stories uh adam thielen has agreed to a new contract with the vikings for your 64 million dollars with incentives that could reach 73 million i adam thielen was one of the huge pickups for me this last year in my redraft leagues and Let's just say it didn't end as well as I thought it could. I think that teams finally started to scheme for it. The The Minnesota Vikings wanted to get the running game involved more. And really, um, Thielen almost was the run game for them last year because of the short slant routes that he was taking. Um, almost kind of a Julian Edelman role, except for the fact that Adam Thielen is bigger and can get away and, and can muscle himself up a little bit more. I was able to break away for some for some decent touchdowns last year. So I think that this is a, a pretty good signing for Minnesota in terms of their offense. Um, I think that Adam Thielen could get a little overdrafted this next year. Um, I liked where I got him in a 10-team league last year. I believe I got him in the late third, beginning of the fourth round. So that's where I like him still again this year is down there in that kind of that late third, early fourth in a 12-team league this year. Just because I think that some teams sort of figured him out, and who knows how they're actually going to develop, how they're actually going to work with this new, um, the 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 new offensive coordinator. So, uh, in terms of Adam Thielen, I'm a little cautious. Uh, I d I'm going to avoid uh, overdrafting him personally. So, and then uh, two, one more thing. Old Miss wide receiver AJ Brown had a private workout with the Texans. Um, they have the number 23 overall pick. Could be There are a lot of people that have A.J. Brown as their number one wide receiver in this draft. Um, over D.K. Metcalf, over Nikhil Harry, over uh, Hakeem Butler. So A.J. Brown is definitely a guy to look at. Um, if he ends up with the Texans, he could be their slot guy and take over, was it Kiki Kuti's role? Um, just because Kuti had so many hamstring injuries. He was injured for the first half of the season, came in, first game in, blows it out of the water, just has a phenomenal game, and then halfway through the next game, he's dealing with a hamstring injury again. So um, I think that if the Texans were to go after someone like A.J. Brown, I think that he would fit beautifully into that offense as their slot guy. Yeah, he was a solid player at Ole Miss, and I think that he'd be, he'd be a solid player if he goes to the Texans and I think him I think he would compliment Will Fuller and uh, DeAndre Hopkins very well and having Deshaun Watson as your quarterback would definitely not hurt but the, my only problem I have with this is not with AJ Brown at all is that the Texans need to work on their offensive line and I think that'd be 
a much bigger pick for them than getting a wide receiver. All righty, and that's it. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to um, – we're going to move on to talk a little bit about the draft, and uh, so let's go ahead and switch slides. So uh, real quick, talking about the draft, we're going to talk for a few more minutes, and then we'll, then we'll call the show. But we've got on here, we've got the, uh, the, card or the, the draft order, as you guys can see on the screen. And uh, what, so the way to look at this is you can see what team uh, has what pick, and then it, in parentheses behind it is how many picks that team has. Um, and so I think some of the glaring things, just, to, just from my point of view, is a lot of the teams that have, you know, six or less picks. You know, the Saints have six. Cowboys only have six. Bears have five. My Seahawks only have four. The Titans have six. Um, and a lot of these teams, you know, 49ers and Jets. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see how some of these teams work. Um, as far as a fantasy, as far as a fantasy uh, aspect of this, starting with the Cardinals, I mean, they're likely, you know, everyone's, predicting that they're probably going to take Kyler Murray. Uh, Daniel, kind of give me some of your thoughts on on Kyler Murray and this uh, and this Cardinals offense. Do you think that they actually go with Murray with their number one pick? I think that they probably will. I've heard everyone's heard tons of reports that they will and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna buy into them and I think that would be great for the Cardinals offense. And there's two players I think would benefit from, benefit from this most. Christian Kirk and David Johnson. Like you said, they're going to take a lot more a lot more snaps from Shotgun, which is definitely helping Johnson. And with Murray being such a mobile quarterback and just a real threat on the field, it opens up some more some more spots for David Johnson. And we saw some great we saw some great games from Christian Kirk as well. And I think having Kyler Murray on there would definitely increase his fantasy value. Okay. Uh, moving on, 49ers are probably going to, if, if Murray is gone, they're probably going to take uh, Bosa is going to be my guess. The Jets are probably looking defense. The Raiders at number four is an interesting pick. If if Kyler Murray is there, you know, everyone's talking about uh, about uh, Derek Carr, whether or not he is actually the, the quarterback of the future still for the Oakland Raiders. Um, it'll definitely be interesting. I'm guessing that if the Cardinals take Kyler Murray. Dwayne Haskins is someone that could be there, available for the Raiders. Do you think that the Raiders will stick with defense, or do they do they draft a quarterback? I think with the number four, they're gonna go. They're gonna go with someone like uh, Josh Allen, or if Quinn and Williams is available, they go with him. I don't think that they're gonna go with a quarterback. At that point, I think that they're going to give Carr another year, and if he doesn't show anything with all the offensive weapons that they've given him, then they're probably going to show him the door. But right now, I think that they're going to go defense, try and work on that. Like Gruden said, it's hard to find a good pass rusher nowadays, so they're going to be looking for one. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you or, know, well, yeah, after they've already given up one. Um, <laughs> uh, so let's okay, so. We've got the Giants at number six. They're probably they need a quarterback um, to kind of take over after after Eli's done. Who knows how much time Eli has um, with the team? Because the the Giants keep saying that they're going to stick with him, but who knows how much more time that he actually has to be able to get it done? I honestly believe uh, that that the Giants are more likely to 
be down at like 17 and pick a quarterback. Or if if there's a bunch of them getting picked off because you if you look above them, the Jaguars just signed uh, Nick Foles but could possibly want to back up, but I don't think they'd spend quite that much capital. Um, the Bills have one. Bengals are a possibility of getting another quarterback because right now it's Andy Dalton, and Andy Dalton's future is so hazy with them right now. Um you know, you've got the Dolphins who need who need another quarterback uh, because Ryan Fitzpatrick obviously is not the 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 pick of the future is not the guy of the future. He's you know on his last legs. Um, you know the the Redskins at fifteen will need another. Uh, you know, Case Keenum is a stopgap for them. So, do you see? I've seen one possibility um, that the. Giants would actually trade up from 17 to probably bypass, say, the Dolphins and the Redskins to get a quarterback. What I mean, can, give me some of your thoughts on that. Yeah, if they were to trade up, actually, my Detroit Lions would probably be one of their one of their first options. They've been looking to trade down in the draft, and if the Giants are looking for a quarterback, then the trade spot could be a pretty nice election for them. They'd be ahead of most of their competition, if not all of them, and they can pick up a solid quarterback like Haskins. Well, and the Giants have they have twelve picks, so I mean they have the ability to to give a little bit to the Lions in order to trade up for that. So I don't have exactly what picks that they have uh, up here right now, but you know with twelve picks in general, that that gives them a little bit of ammo to use. So that's definitely a, definitely an interesting uh, prospect there. Um, let's see. The Vikings, they're probably going to be going, most likely going defense um, in the first round, or maybe you know probably offensive line since they've they've had some issues there. Um, just kind of looking, let's see, Titans at nineteen. I've seen I've seen a lot of different things with them. Poss- you know, I've seen them possibly taking a wide receiver. I've seen them going defense. Um, the Seahawks at twenty one, they are trading down. They, I mean, they need a wide receiver. Um, and while everyone, you know, while Seattle fans are as Seattle fanish as they can be, to be completely honest, um, sometimes it can be embarrassing to be part of a certain a part of part of some fan groups. Um, the Seahawks have some talented wide receivers, but you know, a couple of them are still unproven. You've got Doug Baldwin, who at this point, with how many injuries he has, especially still recovering from a uh, was it a, a sports hernia. The Seahawks need to trade down. I think that they need a wide receiver. I'd like them to get a big-bodied wide receiver, someone in that Nikhil Harry, Hakeem Butler type. Not necessarily that they can get one of those guys, but that type of player. Um, They need some help on their interior defense, and they need some help at safety. Um, So I think that they're trading down. Um, I think that they'll address the, the defense more. In this draft, possibly take up, um, possibly pick up, uh, you know, a couple of offensive options. And again, I know that it's caused some friction that with with the Russell Wilson camp. That in each of these drafts, the last few years, the Seahawks actually have at least entertained looking at one of the top quarterbacks in the draft. So um, definitely interesting to see what they do at twenty. Well, I'm not, it's not going to be interesting to see what they do at twenty one. They're going to trade down. They need the draft picks. It'll be interesting to see who trades up to that position and for what. So, um, let's see. Uh, the Raiders have their have 24 and 27, so they've got four, 24, and 27. 
they they could be in for a big draft. Um, oh yeah, they could even. I mean, they already have eight draft picks. They could even trade down and get more draft picks. They're just collecting all of them. Yeah. Um, I mean, they could. I mean, honestly, if the Seahawks, if the Seahawks, you know, don't necessarily find a trade with like the Patriots, but still manage to trade down, the I mean, the Raiders could trade down with the Patriots if they needed to, if the the options are still available for someone that the Patriots want, you know, to pick up some picks there. So, a um, couple more. Let's see. Chargers, I think, are definitely a team that could possibly look at drafting a quarterback. They may not need it right away in the first round. Um, but definitely a team that looks like they could use one. Um, and the Chiefs at 29 with a running back. I think that they could go after – I mean, I know Damian Williams played well at the end of the season, um, and they and they signed um, Carlos Hyde. I don't believe in Carlos Hyde. I don't really believe in Spencer Hyde Ware is, anymore. Hyde is a nothing. Um and Damian Williams was great, but I still think they need more depth. And if they, if I think if one of, if there's a running back that they love that's there at 29, I think they could possibly take one. Yeah. The team that we didn't actually go over was the Ravens at 22, and I think that they're definitely going to be looking for a wide receiver. They, that's probably one of their biggest team needs something, someone a big-bodied wide receiver for Lamar Jackson. Yeah, still there. I think that's their obvious pick, and I'm not sure if he's going to be there. I've seen in a couple of different mocks them going to the Bills. Um, I think Miami had them had him getting it or getting Metcalf in one of them. But the Ravens seem like a team that could probably use his talents best. But who does Lamar ja- Lamar Jackson have to throw to right now? He's got Michael Crabtree. Um, they they lost John Brown. God, I can't even. They lost Brown. He's a Bill now. Here, they let, just let me let me pull up let me pull up uh, Baltimore. Did they have yeah, they signed one, anyone? Yeah, basically they hard to name. They signed Seth Roberts and they picked up and they picked up Mark Ingram as a running back and they re-signed Titan Nick Boyle. Yeah, so they don't have the most. They don't have the most scary wide receiver core I've ever seen, and they definitely need to to improve there. All right. Well, that's that's kind of a, a, a brief overview of kind of what we're seeing in terms of fantasy relevant players uh, in the draft this year. Um, Daniel, I want to thank you for coming on the show um, and talking with us a little bit. Um, hopefully you'll be available next week uh, as well. Uh, again, thank you for uh, for giving us a little bit of your time. Yeah, it was great to be on. All right, so again, this has been the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. We want to thank all of you guys for taking the time to listen, whether you're listening to us and watching us on the live stream on Facebook or you guys are listening to us on the recording uh, through Anchor, iTunes, whatever uh, whatever platform you listen to our show. We want to thank you for giving us a little bit of your time. Please make sure to hit the subscribe button. Also, leave us a review and a rating We don't care if it's a one-star rating. Just leave us a rating and give us a review to tell us if we need to improve or to tell us if we're the best in the world. We don't care. Although if you tell us we need to improve, that actually helps us more. So, um, again, we want to thank you guys for taking the time to listen to us. And uh, we hope that you guys have a great week. And we will talk to you next week as we, uh, again, prepare for the NFL draft. All right, guys, we'll talk to you later. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. 
Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues.